All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians, please. Let's go to one verse, Philippians <clears throat> chapter 4 <clears throat> and verse 13. Philippians 4, verse 13. Hallelujah. Everybody there? Very familiar passage, familiar verse. When you get there, you'll find these words. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now this time, say it with some confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father God, tonight we thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that God you speak through me and give me divine utterance to speak words I've not thought. Give me divine unction to flow in ways I've not seen. I thank you that, Father, your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. That the word as it falls upon good ground will not return to your void, but it will produce that which you sent it to produce, Father, to accomplish that which you please. And I pray, Father, that your people Lord, will be edified and built up because of the word tonight. Let your word be glorified among the people we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now this time, I like every person in the room, every person in the room, Let's say it together like an army. Ready, go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, notice it said you can do. You can do all things. You can do all things. How many things? What does all mean? All, all, it means all. It's, it's inclusive and exclusive. It includes everything and excludes nothing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notice that he said, I can do. Can denotes an ability to do something. So I have the ability to do all things. And he says this ability comes through Christ who strengthens me. So the ability to, to do all things is not my own, but it's an ability that is given to me that uh, allows me, enables me to do all things. So if all means all, then there means there's nothing I cannot do when Christ strengthens me. There's nothing I cannot do when Christ strengthens me. So tonight I want to talk on the subject uh, I, I want to talk to you about something the Lord was saying to me when I was out uh, walking last week. Uh, the Lord said to me, uh, and I'm going to say this to you, stop underestimating yourself. Stop underestimating yourself. I want you to look at your neighbor with a very stern look. If you're not afraid of getting slapped, just point your finger in their face. And say, stop, stop underestimating yourself. Tell them, stop it. Tell, tell them, I, I know you've been doing it. I know you've been doing it. I know you have. 
and I'm telling you by the Spirit of God to stop it. Stop it right now. Stop it right now. Stop doing it. Stop underestimating yourself right now. I can do all things through Christ. Now, this is my personal message to me. And I know if God has had to straighten my tie out about this, then we probably need our tie straightened. I'm, I'm a fairly confident person. I don't, I'm not arrogant. I, at least I don't think I am. Um, so if, even with that confidence, though, if God has had to straighten me out about my estimation of myself, then surely uh, we all need help in this area. Um, God, the Lord wants me to remind you of who you are. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, I'd like us to read that real quick. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, we see God's original perfect creation here. And I want you to see the perfect state of man. It says, then God said, let us make man in our own image, in our image, in our image, according to our likeness. So you and I were not made in the image and likeness of giraffes or gorillas or whales or donkeys or dogs. We were made in the image of God. You understand that God made dogs and cats and elephants and giraffes before he made man. But you and I weren't made in their image. We were made in the image of God according to the likeness of God. You, are, you and I are God-like. And he said, then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then, says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. But not only are we made in God's image, then he blessed us. He put an empowerment on us. You, you and I don't, may not understand who we are, but I want to remind us tonight of who we are. The way the Lord had to remind me of the day of who I am. I don't know if anybody ever had anything like this, days like that where God has to step in and, and kind of slap you in the face a couple of times. You know, wake up. Do you know who you are? And so God had to do that, and so... This is God's perfect original creation. Then look at, uh, let's look at Psalm 8, verse 3, uh, 8, 3, 3 uh, through 5. I'm going I'm to look at it in the Good News translation. Psalm 8, verse 3 through 5. So I'd like you to read it with me because this is in a different translation. Psalm 8, 3 through 5 in the Good News translation. Ready? Read. When I look at the sky, which you have made, at the moon and the stars, which you set in their places, what are human beings that you think of them mere mortals that you care for them. Yet you made them inferior only to yourself. You crowned them with what? Okay, now this is a psalm of David, your Bible says, right? A psalm of David. Now understand, when we read Genesis 1, that's God's perfect original creation. But by the time David is on the scene, we are fallen men. Oh, come over here. 
by the time David arrives on the scene, by the time David writes this psalm, we are fallen men, all human beings, we are fallen men. We're not in that original perfect state. Yet David, even in our fallen state, says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? He says, uh, yet, verse 5, yet you made them in Inferior only to yourself. So David realizes that even in a fallen state, oh, y'all wake up. Even in a fallen state, we are still only inferior to God himself. Still crowned with glory and honor in a fallen state. But then, you know, Jesus Christ comes along and fixes what Adam did. We get over in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 in the New Living Translation. Ephesians 2.10 in the New Living Translation. I want you to read it with me. Ephesians 2.10, the New Living Translation. Ready? Read. For we are God's masterpiece. Now, this is after Christ has come. For we are God's masterpiece. Keep going. He has created us anew. So we can do. So we can do. So we can what? I can do all things. So when God originally made Adam, God gave Adam the ability to do all things. But in man's fallen state, he's still inferior to God and he's still crowned with glory and honor. But he's lost his, his uh, if you allow natural, it's really supernatural, ability to, to do anything. But now that Jesus Christ came and restored man back to God, to back to a perfect original state, he says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us. Say, I can do it. Say, I can do anything. I can do anything. I can do anything. So if this is how we are, masterpiece. Everybody say, I'm a masterpiece. I mean, put your hand on yourself and say, I'm a, I'm a masterpiece. You go down there into the Dali Museum. There are people travel from all over the world. They travel from all over the world to visit all the museums museums in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg has become a hub of the world because of our great museums we have here. You would have never known this little sleepy town is now a world-class city because we have these museums. People travel from all over the world to visit our museums, to see masterpieces. And a pass right by you and don't realize you and I are walking, living, breathing masterpieces. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Created anew in Christ Jesus. And those masterpieces that they go to see, they can't do anything. They just... But you and I are masterpieces with the ability to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So then, if I'm a masterpiece, how dare I say I'm nothing? 
Say it, tell your neighbor, you got to agree with God. You got to agree with God. How dare I say I'm nobody? See, we've been taught in this um, uh, pseudo-humility to say I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But the word never says that. The word calls me a masterpiece. The word says I'm made in God's image and according to his likeness. The word says I'm crowned with glory. You can't be crowned with glory and be nothing. You can't be crowned with glory and be a nobody. How dare you call yourself something God has not called you? You don't have a right, child of God, to say you're nothing and you're nobody. One of our favorite little songs we were growing up, usually on the radio, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And wasn't that cute, just fabulous, the song, I'm a nobody? I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. Now, you have to have to differentiate between you being unknown and being a nobody. <laughs> There's a difference between being unknown and being nobody. You and I may, may be unknown, but we're not nobodies. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you, uh, Abraham started out unknown. But God said, I'm going to make your name great. So you and I don't have a right. Y'all better grab this. To demean yourself, belittle yourself to nothing and nobody. Now, where does that come from? It comes from a lying, deceiving devil. The devil is the one that goes around and, you know, and, and attacks images and attacks identity. And, you know, I told you this. I was preaching one message, I don't know, sometime recently. And I said, the, oh, I, the message when I was talk, uh, preached about uh, uh, the danger of being too close. Y'all remember that message? And I said, the, the devil is so tricky because what he does is he tells the unbeliever that they are good enough without Jesus. Am I right about it? But he then tells believers, on the other hand, that you're never good enough even with Jesus. So he, he puffs up the, belief, the unbeliever into thinking that they are something. But then he puts down the believer into thinking they're nothing. Isn't that tricky? Same tricky D. Same sly, cunning devil. Oh, but here's the religious person. But let not a man think more highly of himself than he ought to think. That's the Bible, Pastor. Yes, that is the Bible. Let not a man think more highly of himself than, than he ought to think. That's true. That's true. But at the same time, 
you should not think more lowly of yourself than you ought to think. And, 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 and the devil, the, the devil likes both extremes. He will try to get you to think more highly of yourself than, than you ought to think. At the same time, he'll try to get you more, to think more lowly of yourself than you ought to think. Because he knows if you get, think highly of yourself, more highly, pride's going to lead to destruction. But if you think more lowly, you're going to do nothing. And he's more afraid of you and I doing something because, than, than doing nothing because he knows that we have the ability to do something about him. We have the ability to take territory. We have the ability to take down kingdoms. We have the ability to subdue kingdoms. We have the ability to stop the mouths of lions. We have the ability to quench the fire. We have the ability. But if we, if we take on this um, self-demeaning, belittling mindset, then we'll be stuck doing nothing when God has given us the ability to do all things. What's happened is God's people talk themselves out of things that God has for him, for them. Too many of us are underestimating ourselves and not understanding who we are. You remember the uh, Moses? Moses? Let's let's look at that. Moses over there in uh, Exodus 4 uh, verse 10. Exodus 4 10 through 12. Moses underestimated himself. Am I right about it? It says, uh, God told, said to Moses, it says, then Moses said to the Lord, rather, you know, God is calling Moses to go back to Egypt and free his people. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. <laughs> oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So notice, God has called him. Here's the interesting thing. If you read Moses' story, the Bible says that when he was back in Egypt, uh, in Pharaoh's house, he was mighty in words and mighty in deeds. He's mighty in words and mighty in deeds. But now he's on the run. He's lost that, you know, he was living in a palace. He's lost that royal image on the backside of a desert. So now he doesn't, doesn't even recall how mighty in words and deeds he was. Now he's going to tell God, God, I can't even talk. Go back to verse 10. Go back to verse 10. Go back to verse 10. He said, I, I'm, I, I'm not eloquent. I, I, he said, uh, I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Verse 11. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who made your mouth? Then, it, then watch this and make, make sure you understand this correctly. Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Notice now, please, God is not saying I make people mute, deaf, seeing, or blind. He said no matter whether you're deaf or mute or seeing or blind, I made you. Y'all got to catch that. He's, God's not saying I make people blind and mute and deaf and stuff like that. He said, no matter what you are, just like the Bible talks about how, how no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He said, I, I make the, the destroyer to destroy. Who destroys? I didn't make him to destroy you, but I made him. 
Isaiah 54, verse 17, right? Okay, so he says, I, I make everybody. Now watch, remember Moses says, the problem is uh, my mouth. So watch verse 12. Verse 12. Now therefore go, and I'm going to be with your mouth. He, he, I love that. He, he didn't say I'm going to be with you. He said I'm going to be with your mouth. God is something else. Man. I don't know why. You, oh, your mouth is a problem? I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to be with your insufficiency. I'm going to be with your deficiency. I'm going to be with your inadequacy. I'm going to make up the difference. Where, where you see yourself short, I'm going to be with that. You just go. If you go, I'll make up the difference. And I'll teach you what you shall say. Moses had underestimated himself. Tell your neighbor, stop underestimating yourself. What about Gideon? Judges chapter 6. Gideon. Gideon. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 14. You know, the children of Israel, they're being attacked by the Midianites. The Midianites have the children of Israel scared. They're hiding out in caves and all they're trying to do to survive. And God finds a man who he calls a mighty man of valor. This is... This is he. The Bible calls him a mighty man of valor. The angel says, you are a mighty man of valor. Notice what the angel says to him. What verse is that? How many, who knows your Bible? What verse? He calls him a mighty man of valor. What verse is it? 12. Verse 12. He says, you mighty man of valor. Notice how heaven sees him. I'm going to come over here. Notice how heaven sees him. You mighty man of valor. Now Gideon comes back. With some junk. <laughs> go, go back to verse 14. Back, back to 14. Then the Lord uh, turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Remember he called a mighty man of valor. So go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15. Watch Gideon's response. So he said to him, oh my Lord. That sound, sound like Moses, man. Oh, my Lord. What has God told you to do? What instruction has God, what challenge has God given you? And you keep coming back with, oh, my Lord. What thing sounds too big for you and you keep saying, oh, my Lord. Now, remember, now, remember, remember I'm sharing with you what God shared with me. This is how God had to straighten out my tie the other night, the other day. Because I, I, I found I, I've still been underestimating myself. So he said, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. How can I save Israel? Now, God already said, you are a mighty man of valor. I'm with you. Go in this great might of yours. He says, oh, my Lord, how can I? Now, God already said, I'm with you. You're a mighty man of valor. How can I? Now, isn't that how it happens to us? Yeah. Anybody have a vision that's bigger than you? Yeah. And you measure yourself against that vision and say, how can I? What you're saying is, I'm not enough for that. I'm not up to that. 
I don't have what it takes to do that. He said, how can I save Israel? Watch what he says. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Now, if you know about Manasseh, Manasseh is a half-tribe. You know, there were, there were 12 tribes of Israel originally, right? Joseph, uh, who when he left, his, his tribe was split in two, Ephraim and Manasseh, right? So these are tiny tribes. Some, some, you read some scholars, they'll say, some, some, some uh, will say that the tribe of Benjamin was the smallest tribe, but most others will say Manasseh was the smallest tribe in all Israel. So notice God's, um, uh, I'm going to make up a word, make no senseness. I made up a word. Makes no senseness. Why would God, to save Israel, go to a half-tribe? And find a man in the weakest clan in the smallest tribe who then tells him, and I'm the least in my father's house. I'm the runt of the litter. I'm, I'm the least likely to succeed. Now, some of y'all in here, you've had the same mindset. God, surely you could, there's somebody else you can get to do this. There's got to be somebody else who's more qualified, somebody who's more educated, somebody who has, you know, a little more money, somebody else who has a little more skill, a little more oratory skill, somebody a little stronger, somebody a little more background, somebody can do this uh, rather than me. But God, in his make-no-senseness, chooses the, the weakest clan in the smallest tribe and the least in the father's house in that weakest clan in the smallest tribe and says, you're it. You're the one. Oh my God. You're it. Point to your neighbor and say, you're it. You're the one God chose. Tell him you're the one God chose. And nothing you can do about it. He chose you. And he already knows about you. All your background, your resume, your history, your... He knows all. He knows all about you. He knows everything. He knows you can't. You can't shock the sugar out of God by what you tell him. I mean, Moses tells God about his speech issue as if God didn't know about it. Verse sixteen. Verse sixteen. And the Lord said to him, "Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Surely I will be with you. I will be." With you, I will be with you, and you're going to defeat the Midianites as one man. Y'all remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah, this young prophet that God called, Jeremiah chapter 1, says in verse 4 and 5, you know, I, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I, I called you, you know, I sanctified you, ordained your prophets of the nation, so forth. Verse, verse 6 and 7 uh, says, uh, then said I, this is, this is, this is, this is uh, Jeremiah, oh Lord. Universal response. <laughs> this is the universal response when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like, no, oh, Lord God. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord God. It's, it's the same thing. Oh, Lord God. 
No, it's too much. You want me to plant that? You want me to do that? You want me to start that? You want me to build that? You want me to go there? You want me to reach out? You want me to take over that? You want, you want me? Behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a youth. Oh, well, that's a surprise. I, I didn't realize you were so young, Jeremiah. But the Lord said to me, but the Lord said to me, y'all better hear this. But the Lord said to me, do not say. Do not say I'm a youth. Was he a youth? But what did God say? Don't say that. He's, he's. Retorting to God with his, with his reason why he can't be the one. And God says, don't say that. Well, God, you want me to lie? No, no, God, I'm telling you, he just said, he just said don't say that. No, don't, don't say you're too young. Don't say you're too old. It might be the truth. That you're old or that you're young or that you're, you lack the education or that you lack the finances or that you lack the whatever, whatever, whatever you think you need. Thank you, Lord. First of all, Jeremiah, who told you that age was even an issue? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who even, God didn't even bring up his age. Who, who, why, why would you bring up your age? I, I didn't even bring up age. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah, only time I brought up anything re relative to chronology is what I said before you were formed in mother's womb, I knew you. And, and before you were formed, I went back to infinity on you. So if I went back to infinity on you, how are you going to tell me about your chronological time? Y'all, did y'all just catch that? That means God knew you before you knew yourself. He knew you before your mama knew your daddy. Knew your daddy in a biblical sense. He knew you before then. He knew all about you, which means he went back into time, eternity, past, and picked you. So when he calls you, when he puts his hand on you, when he ordains you, when he mantles you, when he calls you into ministry, he already knows all about you. So you don't have the, the, the if you allow the right to respond with, uh, I'm a youth. God says, do not say I'm a youth. He says, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. You're going to do it. Tell your neighbor, you're going to do it. Uh, prophets, I tell to them, tell them you're going to do it. Tell them you're going to do everything God told you to do. You're going to do everything God's big and bad enough to do through you. You're going to do everything God is big and bad enough to do in your life. You're going to do it. But you got to stop underestimating yourself. Remember our base scripture, I can do all things. Come on. 
I want you to see, remember, just reflect back on with Moses and with, with, with uh, Gideon and Jeremiah how God reassured each man. I mean, he gave him a, a, an emphatic promise of victory. Okay? So from, from this night forward, God wants you and me to stop talking ourselves out of success. Talking ourselves out of achievement. Talking ourselves out of better and better conditions. <laughs> I, I remember when I was out walking the other day because I was praying uh, when I'm walking. And uh, as I'm praying, and I'm asking God to help me. You know, I'm trying to make sure I, you know, take better care of my body and whatever and do, what it, what it, do my part. And uh, I said, Lord, you know, forgive me for letting myself go. I told y'all a few weeks ago how I was really close to my first goal, and I'd start backtracking, start going the other way. And uh, I said, Lord, I need some help this time. I need some help to do it. And, um, well, <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But I, I got to, what you said just said was important. Because while I was walking, um, the Lord reminded me of something. He reminded me of how when I, when I was uh, working uh, on, you know, losing weight and so forth, people would say, Pastor, you lose a weight. And I'll respond, oh, no, I'm not. I would say, no, I'm not. Now, I'm trying. And doing the work. Yet, I would respond from my mouth, I was belittling, demeaning myself, not accepting what others were even seeing, not accepting what I was believing God for. And I thought, as I'm walking, I thought, Lord, well, where did that come from? Why was I doing that? The devil. The devil's getting you to disagree with what you're believing me for. Out of your own mouth. No wonder you start going back. I talk myself out of my success. And there are people in this room and I'm watching online who talk themselves out of victory, out of success, out of achievement, out of a position, out of a promotion, out of a house, out of a marriage, out of a, a, a child, out of going back to school, out of passing a test, out of passing an exam. All because we are underestimating ourselves and not recognizing the power of God is in our lives. Boy, 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 boy. I don't know if it's helping you, but I'm telling you how God had to shake me the other day. This scripture in Philippians 4.13, I can do, I can do all things. I can do. Everybody say, I can do. I can. can denotes an ability. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. So what, what can I not do? And yet, yet, 
resident in every one of our minds, hearts, and many times out of our mouths, we'll say, I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I can't do it. When I was out walking uh, before, a couple years back, I started um, walking, barber, walk, jogging. I'd walk, walk a little bit, then jog a little bit. Walk a little bit, jog a little bit. And after you take a break from that, my mind is telling me, do it. But my body's saying, I can't do it. Break it down for everybody to get what I'm saying. And and I tell you, and the problem is, I look back when I'm I'm out walking, you know, my little brisk pace. The kids talk about because I I walk at a brisk pace. I got a little meter on my phone and make me walk fast. But I see those old people. <laughs> Walking and talking. Hi, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and 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 the 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 uh, little jealousy gets in there, and the frustration gets in there because I realize if I had kept doing what I was doing before. I'd be further along, and I'd be able to do that all the time. But what happened was something got in there that said, I can't do it. What is it that you were doing or wanted to do that something got in you and said, I can't do it? Hey y'all, this, this ain't deep and wonderful tonight. Tonight, this this, this ain't about ain't, ain't going deep. I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to do you like God did me. I'm just trying to shake you because the Scripture says I can do all things. John, just just jog from that. Stop sign to that stop sign. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord God. <laughs> Lord, but, but you know the way I'm set up, Lord. You know the way I'm set up. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about, get all past it for a moment. Get all past it. Get all past it. Think about you and your life. What is something or what are those things that either God has instructed you to do or you desire to do that you were talked out of it by 
this underestimation of yourself. Yeah. When, and somehow you said, I can't go back to school. And you want to go back to school. I, I can't go back to school. I can't, I can't pass tests. I've been out of school too long. I don't remember any of that stuff. I can't, how am I? Dr. Liz, how long had you been out of school before you went back last year? You had been out of school 20 years and went back and got your doctorate after 20 years. And kids would be out of high school three years. I can do, say it, I can do, all things, I can do, all things, say it real loud, I can do, all things, it's through Christ who strengthens me. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing, and they are strengthening us. Christ and his anointing. Are strengthening us. Now you would not dare ever say with your Holy Ghost righteous Bible knowledge self that there was something Jesus couldn't do. Come on now, come on. That you, 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 there'll be nothing that you'd imagine Jesus couldn't do. And yet you're in him and he's in you and he, he and his anointing are strengthening you and yet, somehow, it gets into us. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I can't do that. And what's happening is we are underestimating ourselves. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That word strengthens comes from a Greek word. I don't, I don't, I don't give the Greek word. just want to give the definition. It means to empower. It means to enable. It means to empower. It means to enable. I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who enables me to increase in strength, to, to be strong or to make strong. The issue is Satan wants you and me to regard ourselves after the flesh and not after the spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 7, 16 talks about that. Therefore, we regard them after the flesh any longer, although we once did. Verse 17, if any man be in Christ. So in Christ, you are a can-do creature. I better come over here because they didn't say anything over here. We regard ourselves no longer after the flesh, verse 16. Verse 17 now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things, old inabilities, old inadequacies, old insufficiency are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. And verse 18, and all things are of God. What can God not do? <laughs> what can God 
not do. So if there's nothing that God can not do, and you're in him and he's in you, then what is it that you can not do? Nothing. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Everybody say, I have a born-again spirit. That's where the strength goes. Ephesians 3, verse 16, Paul said, I pray that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So your inner man is the hidden man of the heart or your spirit, not your soul and not your body or your flesh. Are you with me? The inner man is your heart, your, your, your spiritual heart, your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Am I right about it? So the, the area of doubt is not in your spirit. The area of doubt is in your mind, in your soul. Your mind's part of your soul, right? So the area of doubt is in your soul, man, in the mind specifically. And, and, and the flesh is already weak. We know that. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, right? So, so the issue of you and me underestimating ourselves, is it happens when we look at the flesh and the mind. Okay? So there's a class you have to take to get your, your degree. And it's, let's say it's some uh, high-level class, anatomy, physiology. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to skip that. I'm, I'm not going to take that class. And the reason is because you look at all those terms and all those figures, and you're like, no, I can't do that. Which part of you is saying that? Yeah. It's your mind, it's your soul. Your spirit's not saying that. Your spirit knows all things. Your spirit is in uh, contact with creator God. Who created the anatomy and the physiology. Oh, is that high-level math? That high-level math? I can't, I, I can't do that high-level math. You know God created numbers. Y'all are quiet back there. <laughs> God knows all this stuff. So it's not your spirit man that's drawn back. It's your soul, your mind telling you you can't do it. Hallelujah. Which part of it is telling me I can't jog? It's my flesh and my mind. It ain't my spirit. My spirit is already down the street around the corner. My spirit is on the saying, come on. Come on. My flesh saying, don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's, 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 see, so anything that anywhere where you say I can't do something, it's because you're not estimating yourself by the spirit, you're estimating yourself by the flesh and the soul. Which is why we are constantly underestimating ourselves. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, there's nothing you can't do. In Numbers 13, 30. 30 through 33, Numbers 13, 30 through 33. Children of Israel have been given a land. 
And God has Moses send 12 spies into the land. Spies, check it out. See what you got. We know 10 of them come back with an evil report. Two of them come back with a good report. Caleb, one of the good ones, says, says he quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are what? Well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are? Now, which part is talking about that? Not, not the spirit, man. It's, it's that flesh, that mind, who's doing an estimation. Sizing up the enemy and sizing up themselves. But the men who are going up and said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we, verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its uh, inhabitants. And all the, all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So notice how they underestimated themselves. They said, we're too small. We're nothing. We're nobody compared to these giants. Yet, if you were to flip over to Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Jericho was straightly or securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. What's that, what does that mean? The, the, the spies, the ten spies, said we're too small. The people in Jericho who they were talking about were saying, they're too much. Y'all not, not catching. The ten spies said, we're not enough. We're too small compared to them. But them were saying, Shut the door. Close the gate. They had dead locks, pat, dead, pat, pat locks and boulders. They had, they, they pulled all the cars in front of the gate. They well, nobody getting in or out. Because they were scared of them. And they had a right to be scared of them because they had already heard about all God had done for them. But them had forgotten all that God had done for them, and them, the Israelites, were underestimating themselves because of their own flesh. So what you're afraid of is already afraid of you. What you're backing away from is backing away from you. Didn't Jesus tell us in Matthew 6, he says, take no thought for tomorrow? In other words, he says, don't worry about tomorrow because he said, why? Because tomorrow got to worry about itself. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't catch that. In other words, he said, tomorrow knows it has the responsibility of having your stuff when you get there. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. God said, tomorrow better have your stuff. And you worried about tomorrow. No, tomorrow worried about you, oh Lord. I, I better have that stuff. I better have that daily load. I better have that daily bread. I better have that supply. I better have that stuff. I better have before they get here. Stop underestimating yourself. 
he that is in you than he that's in the world. Stop looking down on yourself, talking down on yourself, belittling yourself, demeaning yourself, underestimating yourself, devaluing yourself. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? Do you know who's on your side? Do you know who's in your corner? Who you with? Romans 8.31 says this. What then should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. Say, God is for me. So if God is for me, who can be against me? It doesn't matter who. And it doesn't matter what. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. Say, say God is for me. God is for me. That means God is on my side. God is on my side. He's in my corner. He fights for me. He works for me. You understand what I mean when I say that he works for you? He, he's, he's already working for you on your behalf. That if God would dare tell you to do something, he's already gone ahead of you. That's what you and I don't realize. If God puts you up to it, he's already gone ahead of us. You just got to go. You just got to walk. He already gone ahead of you. You worry about tomorrow. God's already in tomorrow. He's already there. He's already in your next week, your next month, your next year. Start a business this year. I don't know, God. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not qualified. I don't know. This ain't a good year. God's already in the next year. And if he told you to start a business this year, he already saw you next year. He just said, go. I'm for you. I'm, I'm for you. And if I'm for you, who can be against you? Ask your neighbor, who you with? In Luke 137, God talking to uh, the angel, uh, been talking to Mary, and Mary gets a word about what's happened down there with Elizabeth, and angel tells Mary, listen, for with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Ask your again, who you with? With God, See, are you with God or are you with nothing? But God is with you. Uh, he's with you if you're with him. If you're with him, he's with you. Are you with him? Are you with him? And if you're with him, he's with you. And if he's with you, nothing is impossible. There's no limit. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't achieve. Nothing you can't have. Nothing you can't, you can't be successful at. 
I can't tell you how many things I've delayed because I've been underestimating myself. Thoughts, visions, dreams that have come that I've not moved on because I've underestimated myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's got nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 18, 27 says this. It says, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. They're, they're possible with God. Go to 2 Peter 1. 1 through 4 real quick. I got to try to finish this in five minutes. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. Write it down. It's on the screen. Second, it says, Simon Peter, bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith. Is that you? Yes. With us by the righteousness of, of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us what? All given us what? All, All things that pertain to life and in other words, he's given you everything you need for this life. He's given you everything you need for this life. So everything you need to do what God told you to do, you already, you already have it. It may be lying dormant in you. You may not be aware of it, but he's already given it to you. Hallelujah. Life of God is through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of what? Of his divine. So you and I have God's divine nature, which means if we have God's divine nature, then we are of like kind and quality. We are like kind and quality. So what, whatever God has and whatever God is, because we are made partakers of his divine nature, we have and we are. Y'all are quiet in this Baptist church. So if we would say God can do anything, then if we are partakers of his divine nature, come on now, we can do anything. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about miracle signs and wonders. We, and I, we can do all that too. I'm talking about just, just, just. You, 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 you can't, you can't get married. They, they, they want me to be all spooky with signs, miracles, and wonders. We can do all that too. I'm talking, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you. You can pass the test. Go back to school. You 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 can't you can't get that promotion. You can't you can succeed at that. First John three two. Got two minutes. First John three two. Beloved, now we are children of God. Now we are children of God. Now we are children of God. Now we are 
which means then we're chips off the old block. Oh, y'all, y'all. Better grab a hold of what I'm saying to you. You know, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So if God is the God of the impossible, don't tell God you can't write the book. Don't tell God you can't create the song. We can keep talking about signs, wonders, and miracles, and that's wonderful. We can all do that. I'm talking about your everyday simple stuff in life that we let just pass us by because we say, I can't. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? Can I read one last place for you? Psalm number 18. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 18. I want you to know that you big and bad. Big and better than you think. I mean, I mean that in a good sense. <laughs> Psalm 18. What if you failed the test one time? Now your brain tells you you can't do it. But that ain't your spirit. You got to go back to it. I can do this. See, and the reason why some of you, you won't even take the test is because you already told yourself, I can't pass it. I can't take tests. I can't take tests. I can't take tests. It's <laughs> the reason you hadn't even applied. Not qualified. Reason you hadn't even called the people. When are you going to at least call the people? I'm telling you, because I'm sitting here as, as a pastor, and there are things that God has given us to do, and and uh, and uh, so. Like, we're believing God for this land over here, this, uh, these three lots here. And um, finally, God got on me. You know what you want to build. Why haven't you started that process? Well, God, I'm waiting to get the land first. Oh, you're going to wait until you get the land before you start to plan the process? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me make contact. So I, I got I to gotta get some started. See, well, I'm, I'm looking at, well, I don't have the land or we don't have the money yet. But if he told us to do something, the money's coming. He's already ahead of us to do it. 
told me that last week about this. Um, actually, I was, I was in Kentucky and uh, about this property over across the street. The Lord said, don't drag your feet. Don't drag your feet. I'm like, well, Lord, you know, okay, I don't know what it's going to cost. <laughs> don't drag your feet. I, I'm going to testify about that later on. <laughs> Glory to God. I can't share it all now. I, I'll testify about that later on. All I can tell you is that because we're not dragging our feet. <laughs> you know, you know why you drag your feet? Because you don't trust God. You you're underestimating yourself because you're judging yourself by yourself and not judging yourself by weight. God is with me. Psalm 18, verse 28. You there? Yes, sir. We'll close out here. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you, I can, I can run against a, King James says, run through a troop. Y'all better see, you see that. For by you, I can run through a troop. This means an army is against you. But Lord, by you, I can run right through them. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Now you look at the wall like I can't do that. No, by my God, I can leap over it. Leap over it? He didn't say by, by you I can climb over it. He said by you, God, if you're with me, God, if you're on my side, I ain't going to climb no wall. I'm going to leap right over it. How you going to leap over a wall? Somebody better get ready. You're about to leap over some walls. Walls that have been blocking your... Blocking your vision, walls that have been blocking your way, block, walls that have been blocking your miracle. You better get ready to leap over those walls because God is with you, and by Him, you're going to leap over those walls that are bending your way. Give God a praise about that. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. For who is God? Except the Lord. And who is a rock? Except our God. Watch this. It is God who arms me with strength. Tell you, neighbor, you're not by yourself, baby. You're not, you're not by yourself, brother. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. God is with you. God is on your side. He's arming you. He's equipping you. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, like hinds' feet. You ever seen a deer, they jump? I mean, uh, when a deer jumps, we're not talking about them jumping high. They jump spans. In other words, God can accelerate your movement. You're here in one spot, and the next minute, you're way on down there. Not by yourself. By yourself, you couldn't do this. But with God, makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war 
so that my arms, my arms, my arms, my arms, my, your arms, you and your weak little self, my arms can bend a bow of bronze. How you going to bend a bow of bronze? You ain't even never worked out a day in your life because God is giving you strength. You have to stop underestimating yourself and trying to tell God what you cannot do and stop telling yourself what you cannot do and stop letting the devil or anybody else tell you what you cannot do. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God's on your side. He's fighting for you. He's giving you the victory. One of the things that um, has been a barrier for me so often, Deke, that the devil has told me and I've I've repeated it in my own mind. Dad preached a message up in, in Frankfurt here a couple weeks ago about, uh, he was talking, I forget the title, but he was talking about, you know, what's in your, in your mind. He said, you can be saying things out of your mouth, but really what's in your mind is something different. Powerful. And deep. The devil been telling me in my mind, and I have in my mind, nobody wants to hear you preach. I'm telling you, because there are things, there are meetings I know I'm supposed to be having. There are meetings I know I'm supposed to be having, hosting, me preaching, me teaching the body of Christ things, me sharing revelation, me raising up other preachers of the gospel, where the devil keeps telling, I'm just telling you how God had to straighten me out the other day, is the devil has been telling me, nobody wants to hear you preach. You don't even talk well. And what happens is I repeat that to myself. I may not say it out to you, but I say it to myself. Within myself. That's, that's what his message was, within, your, within, within yourself. So within myself, these are the things that I say. So I'm questioning you. What are you saying within yourself? Why, while sometimes you try to present this other image, what are you really saying within yourself? I don't know if anybody's going to like my food. Come on. Come on. I don't know if anybody's going to like my book. Nobody wants to marry me. Just telling you. These are the tricks of the enemy. 
keep you and me from stepping into what God has given us and strengthened us to do. And here's the truth. In and of ourselves, we are not sufficient. God, in fact, never tells us to do anything that we are sufficient to do. He, he, that, that's very rare that he tells us to do something that we can already do on our own. He's most often going to tell us to do something that we all going to say, Lord God, oh Lord, oh my Lord. <laughs> you want me to do that? But if we can, if we can, uh, here, here's the phrase, get over yourself. Yeah. Say it, but get over yourself. Get over yourself. Normally people say that it's because somebody's, you know, haughty, arrogant. But I'm telling you that in the sense that you got to come up in your level of thinking because it's not about you and it's not from you. It's not from you. It's of God. And um, I hope all of our ties are straightened out tonight. What is it for you that you're supposed to be doing? Okay, here's this. What is it that you're doing privately that God has told you to go public? That's the other thing he said to me. I was out walking. I was walking and praying. And he talked about going public. telling me it's, t it's time for you to go public. Lord, I am public. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's time for you to go public. What are you doing privately? What are you doing as you know God has called you to do, but you're, it's, it's just private. Because see, private, there's no risk. There's no risk of rejection, no risk of public embarrassment. And only I can do it, you know, just within myself. It's just, it's just me. But God is saying, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, this is the word. He's ready for you to go public with what he's given you to do. I don't know who that's for. I hope it's for everybody. It's time for you to go public. I found myself uh, yesterday, I was encouraging my wife. I don't know if she, if she even caught it. We were talking about the upcoming women's uh, fellowship. And um, the sign-ups came in so fast. She's like, hey, you better go put a cap on it. And I went back in the system. I said, oh, I'd already put a cap on it of 100 women. And I think it was already like 90-something women signed up in a matter of a couple days. And I said, babe, you have a bigger voice than you understand. 
I know what can happen in, in her heart like it's happened in my heart. Those who've rejected your voice, those who've despised your voice, have caused you to shut down and go private. But yet, what God put in you is supposed to be public. So we're not going to retreat back into our little turtle shell. Poke your head out there. Because it's time for you to go public with what God's doing. Everybody on your feet. Everybody on your feet. And I want you to grab that person's hand next to you. I want you to squeeze that hand. Don't hurt them. Just let them know you're there.